Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. Who am I? That is the question we will be asking ourselves today. But this is a bourbon show, you say. Is it, though? What is a bourbon show? I'll let that sink in while we let the rocks melt a bit and open our whiskey up like an old wooden door covered in dust. A door that leads up some old pine wood stairs up to a small bare room. A sliver of light slices in from a broken window covered in newspapers. The light guides you to a lone bookshelf filled with classic American novels. You reach for an old man in the sea, Hemingway. You grab it and pull it towards your chest. It locks into place, tilts, and releases a metal lock that pops open the bookshelf, revealing a hidden pathway behind it. You use all your strength to swing it all the way open. You walk down this dimly lit hallway. A single, dull bulb shows you the only way to go. It leads you to an old oak door, solid, with a brass door knob. You turn it and push the door open. What you see is beautiful. It's the perfect room. A sturdy, well-made leather chair sits in the corner, a small round side table next to it. The room filled with bookshelves full of books, glassware, and bourbon. This is your bourbon library. It's your drinking room. Your thinking room. It's your space. Welcome to the Bourbon Library, where we talk bourbon, of course, but we also talk about life and how they are intertwined. To drink is to live. And today we are drinking Smooth Ambler, and today we find out who we are. Right after this ad break. Let's start with the basics. What do we even know about Smooth Ambler? Smooth Ambler is based in West Virginia. They have several different whiskey offerings with a range of mash bills and blends. Smooth Ambler was founded in 2009 and produces whiskey distilled in both West Virginia and Indiana. It's actually a bit confusing to give a straight answer because it ranges where it's been sourced in their entire history and what they say themselves as their overarching story. But what's most important is that it's not Kentucky bourbon, and that's the key differentiator we can lean on. The group is mostly drinking variations of Old Scout. Contradiction was the only smooth amber whiskey I could find for this episode, so we'll make do. Okay, let's taste it. Uh, it's my first sip of Old Scout. What do you oh, think? wow. Oh, oh. Did you open it? I did. I just opened mine. And I have the smooth Ambler Old Scout, so it's part of the Old Scout series. Right. So what do you think about the nose of that, Craig, just out of the I, bottle? I, I just poured it. It's yeasty out of the bottle. I mean, just like in the bottle. I'm, I'm just, or in the bottle, I feel like it smells very yeasty. Uh, I don't want to get any boogers on my bottle. Okay. <laughs> well, well, guys, I, I couldn't find Old Scout. What did I you find? Get? another Smooth Ambler that was um, Contradiction. Oh, yeah. That looks so, nice. I like the color of that one. Yeah, I, so I feel like... So contradiction is really a smooth or, or, or a, the closest of a smooth ambler true product of what any of us are drinking because it's blended their wheat bourbon, mm. West Virginia made with 
Um, I think it's Indiana. All right, let's talk about what I have. Contradiction is a blend of whiskey from both places. Two straight bourbon whiskeys, one a high rye bourbon and the other a weeded bourbon. Blend together beautifully at 100 proof. Here are the tasting notes from Smooth Ambler. Full of oak, dried cherries, vanilla, and cinnamon, creating a signature mature bourbon nose. Sweet from the wheat and spice from the rye and a bit of leather round out the palate. Its viscosity creates a smooth and pleasant finish. With a score of 90 from Whiskey Advocate and a gold medal from the World Whiskey Awards, I would have to agree. It's so, so tasty and scratches an itch that I have often. They also have a nice touch on their bottles that I love. It creates a sense of exclusivity and specialness to each bottle. Do you guys have the bottler signed on your bottles? Yes. Bottled by James, batch number 26. Mine's been bottled by Sarah, batch number 85. Hi, Sarah. Sarah bottled mine too. Really? But batch number 31. Craig, what batch do you have? 36. Ooh. Bottled by Deanna. Okay, so back to the tasting. The ice melts, things change. I'm, I, of course, the more the ice melts, the more I drink it, the more I, I'm going to, it, it gets more layered for me. But still, there's something on the back end that I don't love. Yeah, it's that, um, it's that woody, peaty, yeah. Um, flavor. Yeah. Like, what is, what, what causes that? you think that's the, I always the just, the, I think it's the tannins in the wood. Interesting. Right? Sure. And, and so I'm, that's, I'm picking up the same thing, Ryan. The nose was very inviting to me. I yes. thought, Oh, I really want to have this caramel vanilla. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do we think on the good or bad scale to keep it simple? Is it good? Yeah. yeah, no, this isn't bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, the it opens up. It opens up. It definitely does. Well, you know, the old three, three chews, right? You got to do the three chews before you really can taste it. Right. Three chews? Mm-hmm. What's that? Can you explain that? Just look, oh, you missed it. You Just look at Ryan's face and that was it. You just move it, yeah, through your mouth and your taste buds and gums and everything. Chews. Since you can't see what they're doing, they're sipping a little whiskey and kind of sloshing it around, chewing on it like a piece of fatty steak, letting the flavor sit and mellow on their palate. Give your whiskey some chews and really live through the flavor journey from that initial heat to the mellow, rich finish. I kind of feel bad, I have to say. Timmy, Ryan, and my dad, I can tell, don't love their bottles. But I'm sitting on my end of the call, absolutely loving Contradiction. It's spicy, yet sweet, high rye, but also weeded. What a grand concoction. It's like falling in love. This is the one, my one. This is me. This is so me. I've always enjoyed the rye spice in bourbons and leaned on the sweetness of weeded bourbons. And this, this Contradiction is the perfect balance of both. All in one simple bottle with a black label, gold lettering, and an image of an elephant balancing on a barrel. Perfection. My ego is screaming. I want my library to have many different books. Books I can share with friends and books that can show a variety of storytelling uh, or bourbon. But I think I just found the book I want several copies of. 
just because I love it and I always want it in stock. I know what I'll do. I'll raise the late fees so people always bring it back on time. Yeah, that should work. But here's the thing. As you know, the story on the website or the story on the bottle you're drinking is usually fabricated, exaggerated, or just generally vague. But the most coveted whiskeys are from Kentucky. Kentucky bourbon is, quote, the best, end quote, which may have been true for a long time. But I think that may be coming to an end. With the parallel of whiskey finding popularity at its peak, good whiskey is being produced well in many places outside of Kentucky. For instance, I just had a whiskey called Bull Run from a distiller in Oregon. It was delicious. I would buy it 10 out of 10 times. So all, all of this to say is that a lot of the time, as long as it's made in Kentucky, I'm just buying the story. And here's where it gets interesting. Smooth Ambler kind of lacks in story and it lacks in heritage. It was founded in 2009 and in the timeline of whiskey, it's kind of young. So what do I have except for the elephant on the barrel? I'll tell you. I have a delicious bottle of bourbon that plays to my palate, feeds my soul, makes me happy, and one I'll buy again and again. I'm really at a loss for words. Uh, Guys, this, this, I'm, I like this a lot. I want to, like, tomorrow we should, I'm going to bring the bottle and we should do a little taste test of these together. It's really good. Sounds like this may have been a happy accident. I bought a bottle I had never heard of, and according to Timmy, after doing a little research about this, Alec, I think that you probably have the best bottle of all of us. Devin joins, promptly makes fun of me, and good fun. And then we all join in and jab at him for a bit. For context, he's wearing a black turtleneck thing. You can't come at me wearing that. You look like yeah. you just got off a, a one-man play. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you get this thing in the corner of your hair, it makes you look like you have a Batman thing on. I just got done working out. I'm sorry. He's okay. like, you know what? I took my scuba diving lessons at the local pool. That's what I was thinking. He looks more like a yeah, wetsuit. The all black. Yeah, there you go. Read us a poem. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. snap that. But, uh, yeah, so he don't be, don't be mad. I look good. Don't <laughs> look be great. mad about it. Okay, so Devin's the best. He takes it all in stride. Man, I, I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record here, but I miss these guys. I get to see Ryan five days a week, but since quarantine, I haven't seen my dad, Devin, or Timmy in around a year and a half. Devin once did the math, considering the rate in which we were currently seeing each other before quarantine. If I had come home around Christmas and then again in the summer for a week each, that's two weeks a year we saw each other unless some other event happened, but those are outliers. That's 14 days a year. Multiply that by the average age we will likely live and you get a finite amount of time we will get to spend together. This is a depressing realization and I don't think about it most days because that would be crippling, but it always wanders in the background of my mind. Every once in a while, popping up and sending a sharp shooting ping of sadness and weirdness to my chest. Who am I? Am I someone who makes time for their brother? Is that important to me? Yes, absolutely. Let me give you some context. I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest, if you couldn't figure that out. Devin 
is five years older and Ryan is seven years older. I related to Devin more as a kid and to Ryan more as an adult, seeing as we have chosen the same career path, media. Devin, on the other hand, has chosen another path. He works in shipping and logistics, not super relatable to what I do. So how do we talk? What do we talk about? To answer that, I have to go back, back to when we were kids, back to when during a snowball fight with the neighbors, three boys of parallel ages to us had me cornered by myself. Devin and Ryan were off making snowballs at our fort and I was caught behind enemy lines. They knocked me down, held me there and shoved handfuls of snow into my face. Then they ran away, leaving me red faced and teary-eyed. I made my way back to the fort in our backyard with tears running down my face and my older brothers looked at me. Devin and Ryan used to beat me up all the time. But that's what brothers do. So I, I didn't really know what to expect. They stayed stoic, Devin calm and straight to the point. He simply asked, who? And I said, Travis, the middle one. And that was it. Two snowballs in hand, Devin made his way deep into enemy territory, found Travis, and threw a snowball so hard I could barely follow its trajectory. They hit Travis square in the face. Oh, but that wasn't enough retribution. Travis had hurt Devin's little brother. So Devin jumped on him. The other two brothers trying to peel him off, but being deterred by Ryan. After he jumped on him, he scooped up as much snow as his mittens could hold and pushed it down on Travis's face. Don't mess with my brother. Needless to say, the game was over. I don't condone violence, but I would say if you fuck with Devin's brothers, you should think about it first. That's who Devin is. That's what he brings to the table. The man is loyal. No questions asked. So what do we talk about? And who are we? We are brothers. We've been in snowball fights together. We like the same music. He used to buy me alcohol. We do impressions and we laugh hard as hell when we get together. We don't offer much to each other and it's kind of the best. We have nothing to gain but having a good time. And at the end of the day, he's my friend. No questions asked. Devin, this was your suggestion. So why, why old scout? Why smooth ambler? Yeah. Um, okay. You know you're not batting real good so far. But <laughs> go ahead, son. I haven't suggested anything else. Um. I, so I got this. You can see here. I got a Cloud Nine store pick. Well, that's a store pick. And well, yeah, that is correct. But it's still Look old scout either proof, way. Timmy, that's barrel strength. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the proof? I didn't see it. Um, 59.2%. Okay. 119. Turns out Devin was holding a pretty special bottle. Smooth Ambler Old Scout Bourbon's custom hand-selected program. It's and, custom or, hand-selected barrels of five-year-old. So it's just the same thing as the Scout, right? It is custom-selected and hand-bottled um, and, and signed. Well, and they, yeah, and they put your logo on it, or what? Except what it's a want. single, a single barrel, right? And and done at barrel strength, right? Correct. That, and that proof correct. is the. Oh, hey, Devin, hold that up again. It's Deanna, there she is. <laughs> yeah, hey, Deanna. 
She still works there. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm partial to Sarah. Yeah, me too. Oh, not if you if you could have a little taste of Devin's bottle, you, it would change your mind. Deanna, thank you for your bottling services. We drink for you. Another reason why I wanted to see if you guys could get it. I didn't know it was hard to get in New York. I just said, this stuff's really good. And what impressed me the most is it's only five years. And everything else that I've had that's five years or younger is absolutely terrible. There are obviously many exceptions, and this is just his opinion, but the man knows what he likes. Okay, so something to chew on. A lot of whiskey that is said to be distilled in Indiana comes from a company called MGP, Midwest Grain Products. We've talked about it before, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. They make tons of stuff, all based around grains, spirits, food, They've been doing it a long time, too. MGP is where a lot of brands source whiskey when they're just getting started. Let's hear what the group has to say about it. Dad? Yeah, I I don't know any diehard bourbon fans that don't like MGP bourbon. I haven't had one yet. No. So they like, but it's, I guess what Alec, what you're saying is it feels inauthentic. It feels like there's, it lacks story. So I'll be honest with you, the first couple of years of finding bottles and whatever, I avoided MGP because I thought they were, it sounded inauthentic. Like yeah, they're cheating. yeah. But after you try a few and you realize that, you know, they're just in it to make good bourbon. Mm-hmm. Oh, so think of it like this, like they're a contract, like they're a distillery that was like, Hey, we have access to all this grain. We are able to, to, to distill all this and we put it away and we supply, I mean, that the Diageo to, Sazerac, I mean, you name all the big boys, they're supplying, you know, to them as well. And mm-hmm. then I would, I would say, that's why I asked if you guys could get the George Remus or the Remus repeal reserve, mm-hmm. that is their product they put out. And if you guys could taste that, you would be like, I mean, the, the Remus repeal reserve series four that your dad and I have been drinking. That's this that was- year's. It's one of the, top bourbons I on my list. So who am I and who are you? One of my favorite bourbons thus far is from a company that supplies bourbon to several brands. A bourbon I love is really MGP mixed with West Virginia bourbon. Someone puts a label on it and I buy it for the rest of my life. If I stand by the bourbon I love and I relate to it and I think it's me, but that bourbon is a product of a huge machine and hungry entrepreneurs, what does that make me? This isn't a three boys situation. This doesn't come from a farm run by a family that makes bourbon on that property. This is a product of mass production. Let me tell you about something I read. I once read that Dunkin' Donuts coffee had scored higher in a blind taste test among several other small batch craft roasters. The author speculated that due to the large batches in which Dunkin' makes their coffee, their beans are roasted more evenly and consistently, thus being more consistent and scoring higher in the blind taste test. I don't want to get coffee people mad because I love my craft coffee, but you can see the point I'm making. Cut out all the brands and all the information and just... Taste the juice. Is it good or is it bad? I, I just imagine that they're a manufacturing plant, but I, don't, I have no idea. 
No, I, no, they gotta, I understand Ryan, the place is huge and yeah. And they've been aging whiskey and Rick houses for a long time. Yeah. 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 So, so when a company like smooth ambler comes in is to make their brand, like their brand, is it, is it up to like the tasting, the palate, the that's how you pick your brand, who you are. And once you pick that, can you repeat that for you? Well, it, okay. it's one of two things, right? You either um, are really good at blending to get a good flavor that you like so that you can get other barrels and keep, keep blending mm -hmm. or you get lucky and you find one that you really like and you buy enough barrels to last you a while for a while. Yeah. Okay. So you connect with MGP, sell their bourbon blended with something else. Then what do you buy more MGP? Is it the same or is it a different bourbon? I can tell you MGP can be approached from several ways. You can buy aged barrels that fall under a few different mash bills. You can start from scratch and work with them on a recipe, or you can buy a fresh barrel. Smooth Ambler isn't only sourcing from MGP though. According to Uncle Timmy, they once sourced from George Dickel as well. Thus, why Ryan has a discontinued bottle not mentioned on their site called American Whiskey. That's why there's so many different labels because of the, their source, right? They bought the barrels the original barrel, or you know, they they made maybe the original barrels, or they bought them from MP, MGP, right there, and Dickel, or wherever they were in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And those ran out, right? They had what they thought was success. Those ran out. They didn't have the foresight or the money. I'll bet, right? Is because I know that they were founded in two thousand nine, and that they opened in two thousand and ten. So right. And if you if you read a little deeper there, Tim, you'll find out that. They uh, did not expect the bottles to sell as fast as they did. Right. So, so they, they ran bought. out of supply. And, and that was because they anticipated got lucky. With the good volume and they actually guessed wrong. Right. Mm. Yep. So, and so that's why Old Scout, I think, ha has had the variety of labels, right? That's their, the Smooth Ambler. And, and eventually it will be their own mm -hmm. West Virginia, right? Sure. Because they'll have barrels that are old enough and have the right flavor profile that they want right. for theirs. And then that, again, that label will change. And as the bourbon settles, we fall into regression. And it feels good. Ryan and my dad were debating over a fact having to do with Old Boone Distillery being the place that made the Pappy that won its first award that kind of made it famous. Anyway, Ryan was right, and my dad was, well, he misremembered and uh yeah old, old boon right you're right it is old, old boon right yeah. wait dad what'd you just say old boon no, I, no, I thought no, it was ryan not. you're right ryan you're right i thought that was no actually i think you lean to the left don't you <laughs> you shouldn't brag about knowing that it's <laughs> <laughs> more of a swing than a lean <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the old scout that we're drinking mm -hmm. i like it you like it, so it's got, it's gotten better. It's gotten better, yeah. It's gotten better. It needs a, it, I would say it just needs a good ice cube. It'll good ice cube flavor yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yep. Right. I don't want to brag, but this was already good, and it's gotten better as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I still think Alec, I Alec, you you got you got the right bottle.
I couldn't agree more. I really did find the right bottle. The right bottle for me, at least. And it makes me ask, at least one last time, who am I? Am I good? Am I bad? How can I be one thing but also be another? Maybe I'm a contradiction. And maybe that tastes damn good to me. But let's turn the mic towards you. Who are you? Who are you when you look at your bourbon collection? When you go to the store or when you amble towards the liquor cabinet and you look at all the options and you think, which one do I want? Aren't you really asking, who am I right now? Who am I in this moment? Or are you asking another question? Are you asking yourself, who do I want to be? Things change, and so do you. I say, lean in, drink some bourbon, hug your brother. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Bourbon Library. Always remember, to drink is to live. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.